It's time to mind your business with Jamila Lodge and Shelly Thunder, brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here. Starts here every Thursday at four o'clock. Jamila looking all official in the studio That's now. That's right. I had to come correct because, you know, my guest is, is official. So, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we really wish he would be here in the studio with us right now, but we might have a little trouble getting things sorted. We'd love to welcome to the program today. My good friend and BEDC board member, owner of Fun Time, it's Craig Terrell. Hey, Craig. Hey, how you doing, Shelly? I am good, honey. I am good. I just found out we were going to be chatting to you, and I got a big smile on my face, so you know. Aww. Aww. Mm-hmm. Yep, she looks like I look every time we get to work together, Craig. I can believe it. it. (laughs) Craig and I have worked together a few times, too. Once or twice. (laughs) So no, I just want to first of all, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Craig and my, uh, our colleague on the board, Deputy Chairman Chris Mabry, are going to be facilitating an upcoming seminar or a webinar, if you will, around starting and growing your business. Okay. And so today, Craig is going to talk to us a little bit about himself first and give us kind of what our appetite for what we should expect uh, at our upcoming seminar. So, Craig, before we get started, can you tell Bermuda a little bit about yourself? Oh, wow. Okay. How far back you want to go? Listen, <laughs> we only got 30 minutes. So. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I am the... Uh, uh, co-owner of Funtime Entertainment, uh, also 1468 Entertainment Limited, and uh, in the past I was also uh, part owner of Inkspots. Um, I currently am the uh, SVP Operations Manager at the National Sports Center, and uh, I am a part-time entrepreneur. All right, and that's what we're talking about today is entrepreneurship and how particularly you start and and grow a business. And you sound like you have quite a bit of experience with that. So we are going to be asking you some questions related to that. Um, So the first question really is how, because you, you are working for an organization as well, the National Sports Center, how does that differ from running your own business or does it even? Um, well, I guess it depends on how you look at uh, your work, yeah? Yeah. Um, I, actually, I actually, my, my, my day-to-day job, I actually consider it almost like it's my own business, and so I kind of have the same approach. Uh, but in reality, running your own business is a lot different in the fact that um, it's not a 9-to-5. Right. It's, it's a 24-7 operation. Uh, you are actually the end-all, be-all uh, for everything business. And so um, if there are any questions, uh, you, you are the one that has to answer them. And the cool thing is that you are also the one that can be as creative as you want and not really have to answer to anyone when you're running your own business. Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting that you said that you operate the National Sports Center like it's your own business. And Shelly and I often talk about having an entrepreneurial mindset. And even for those people who may not consider entrepreneurship, they don't may not have the risk appetite for it. I do think there's something to be said about thinking entrepreneurially. And for I, yeah, go ahead. I no, I no, I agree. I was just saying I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah, because for, for me, entrepreneurship really is kind of revolves around solving problems and creating solutions, right? Where, you know, there's an issue. You don't just say there's an issue. You're like, well, let's fix it. And what's missing? What can we do better? And so I would imagine that you're operating and running the National Sports Center the same way you you would run your business, right? 
Absolutely, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the only difference is uh, here at the National School Center, obviously I answer to a board, mm -hmm. to, to uh, government agencies and whatnot, whereas in my own business, you know, it's me and my partner. Right, you're mm -hmm. the board, right? We are the board, yeah. We are the board. We're, we're the chief cook, bottle washer, <laughs> garbage exactly. pick-upper, lawnmower, absolutely. all of that stuff. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, so, so in that respect, in that respect, you know, you, you, you kind of can't sleep on it, mm. you know, because, you know, you need to constantly be engaged with what's going on. If people have questions, you, you need to be the one to answer it. You can't just kind of say, hey, uh, I'll delegate that to someone else, exactly. especially if, you know, it's only you. Exactly. I mean, I'm, that's one thing I enjoy about my job is the delegation part. But <laughs> as an entrepreneur, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, you're delegating it to yourself. You're like, hold on a second and pick up the other line and answer the question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I want to ask you specifically is what made you, had you always known you were going to start your own business? Um, I, I, I think from a young age, I was very interested in the idea of making money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I, like when I was like eight or nine years old, I got my first job uh, packing groceries at, uh, at shopping center, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sorry. Piggly Wiggly. Let me let me call it the right name. Call it the right name now. Let me call the right name. Yeah, Piggly Wiggly. You know, when the cards were bigger than I was, <laughs> having that little bit of change in my pocket was always kind of the coolest thing ever. Because you know, I could always buy myself a little candy, whatever. Didn't have to ask my my, my parents for that for that little little change. And so from that point on, um, I think I was uh, I was actually staying at my cousin's house uh, one one night, and he had a he had a paper route, and we had to I had to get up with him. You know what I mean to go with this paper route. And, you know, my aunt was explaining to me, you know, how it worked and, you know, how he got paid. I was like, wow, this is making more money than I was making. Mm -hmm. I was, Man, I could do this. You know, you're in charge of your own thing. You know, you can kind of go out and get new customers. I mean, I wasn't thinking it in the um, in the uh, book sense about yeah. how I build this business. But in my mind, I was just thinking, yeah, I can get more people. I can make more money. Right. And so, and so that was kind of the impetus to get me to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I could definitely um, go into business for myself. So how did you pick entertainment? Because both of the businesses that you mentioned have entertainment yeah, in Yeah, I name. think we let him tell the <laughs> listeners exactly what his businesses yeah, are yeah. all about. All right, cool. So so um, back in the uh, back in the early 90s when I returned home from, uh, from university, um, I was definitely in the, you know, uh, mood for starting a business and, you know, taking control of, of my destiny, I guess that was kind of kind of how it happened, and I had to ask myself, what is it that I enjoy? Sure. Mm -hmm. and, and how can I get paid for it? I, and how can I get paid for it? Yeah. And so, but then it even it even got a little deeper than that, Shelly. I actually started to ask myself, what could I do every day that I would love to do and not get paid for it? Exactly. Ah, getting paid really is just like the gravy. Yeah, yeah, that's a way to flip it. Yeah. That was the gravy because because. That's what made me think. That's what made me think. But you know what? At the end of the day, like I don't want this to be a, a job, mm -hmm. you sure. know, and kind of be hanging over my head to say, oh, I gotta get up, and go to this job. It was more of like, this is my passion. Like this is something that I love to do. Mm -hmm. I get paid to do what I like to do, yeah, so I, I can relate a hundred percent, Mister Taylor. Exactly, exactly. So you know, you get athletes that will tell you, you know, I, I'm not working. I mean, I'm already. I mean, of course, I'm training and all that sort of stuff. But this is. This is my pa I'm passionate about my sport, and so this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's kind of what the driver was for me. And so um, back in the early 90s, if you can imagine um, the days of, um, of um, Puff, Puff, 
Puff Daddy and, and you know, these um, Andre Harrell, these big music uh, entertainment guys. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, you know what? I want to be this guy. I want to be like this big entertainment mogul. Um, it didn't quite pan out that way. But <laughs> at the day, you know, I definitely moved into the direction I wanted to do. And, um, I, I, and a, a partner of mine, uh, Calvert Harvey, and I uh, joined forces, and we put on our first concert, and we brought Queen Latifah to Bermuda back in 92. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that was probably the best experience of my life. You became a promoter. Yeah. A promoter. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was 22 years old, and uh, we were putting on this huge show uh, up at um, the, uh, Vicky Lane, not the Vicky Lane, yeah, I'm sorry, at the museum. Yep. At the museum in the yard. And so we had Queen Latifah, uh, reggae artist Tiger, and Tony Rebel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was it was off the chain. It was off the chain. That sounds off the chain. Where was I when that was going on? <laughs> Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you know, getting to meet. Uh, I'm sorry, Marty Griffiths was also in that show. Okay. And One of the original I three. The original I threes, yeah. <laughs> and getting to meet like uh, a young Dana Owens at the time, and her 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 management team were also young. We were all around the same age. It was kind of cool to see, you know, how how we were um, kind of making these things happen in the entertainment industry. So, your your vision or your goal of becoming the Bermuda version of Andre Harrell, <laughs> you said it didn't go quite as as planned. So that was obviously a hit. So yeah. how how did you kind of morph into what you're doing today? Because you're not a promoter anymore, or or do you still promote events? Well, actually, it's interesting because uh, from the promotion side, I'm actually doing, I was actually doing that more of my fraternity now. Uh, mm-hmm. When we were doing our, our Valentine's Day our events. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that was you guys, huh? That was us. That was us over a period of, of, of time, you know, when we brought in like Joe and yes. a baby face and Cedric the Entertainer. And mm-hmm. Joe, Mint Condition. That, yeah, main condition. Condition are probably one of my favorite shows as well. And so, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I still had that, um, that, that piece of me that wants to get back into that realm. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, I was working with uh, uh, a couple of guys last year, and we were gonna do a big show with uh, with uh, Ruben Studdard. Okay, oh, yeah, Ruben. the Velvet Teddy Bear. Yeah. COVID, COVID, actually, COVID nineteen just kind of pushed that. You know, put the squash on that one time. Yeah, so you know we're looking to to get back in that maybe next year in twenty twenty two. So so you know that that dream hasn't died. Okay. Uh, I love the idea of promoting. Yeah. Um, so you know that's 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 one part. So what we what I ended up doing uh, after you know that kind of felt we did a I think Carol and I did a, a, a soca show. I think it was called Calypso at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Soka> <laughs> show, uh, shortly after that, um, which didn't go so well, and then uh, we we kind of we kind of parted ways. And I got into some real interesting stuff because again, doors started opening. I am um, I rented a I rented a plane and flew like 110 people up to the Mall of America on like a shopping trip. What? Yeah, and so I started to get into the mood where I started to say to myself, if I can kind of think of something, yeah, I should be able to make it happen. And I and I got to and when I started when I rented a plane, I was like, you know what? I am the guy. You <laughs> are the guy. <laughs> I rented a plane. Yeah, I rented Just saying. You are the guy, Craig. Seven two seven, like one hundred and ten people to a to a shopping to a shopping trip because mm-hmm. you know comedians love to shop. Yes. So we had this idea that we would um, put this tour on, and 
we got them, uh, we got, and it was all inclusive to us. So they got, you know, hotel, um, they got tickets to a basketball game. Uh, the ground transportation was all free because obviously the hotel was right next to the mall, Mall of America. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great deal. Now, we learned a lot because that was the first time I ever ran to the plane on that sort of, on that sort of level or, or, you know, that type of event. And when we were coming back, we had to leave 2,000 pounds of luggage because our people shopped Shop so too much. much. <laughs> they opened it. <laughs> so much. And I mean, like, I was seeing stuff in the, in the, uh, in the lobby of the hotel and the day we were leaving, like, yo, like, where is all this stuff going? <laughs> and so when you start talking about the whole problem solving thing. Yes. So we were immediately, my, my partner at the time was Don Lewis. And uh, we were immediately faced with a, a very interesting scenario. So we sure. had to decide, like, yo, like, how are we going to sort this out? So, you know, we, we made a few calls, asked a few questions, and we figured out or, or we, we figured out that it was going to cost us an extra, I think it was uh, maybe, I think it would have cost everybody that was on the plane uh, $25. Mm-hmm. Right? So we went back to everybody because, you know, everybody was having such a great time, and we shared the information and said, look, Obviously, we, we can't afford to take that on ourselves, but, you know, if everybody pitches in, you know, we can get everybody's luggage back over the next couple of days. Well, some people were like, well, look, my bag's on the plane already, so I'm not paying. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, you know, we had to kind of deal with that as well. But right. At, at the end of the day, the majority of people, they saw there was two young guys trying to do some good things for people, and almost everybody kind of pinked up, right? Right, right. And then we just kind of filled in the rest. And then it was a couple of days later before the luggage came in, and everybody was happy. That, you got it I mean, done. You, you got, got it done, man. And, and that speaks to exactly what we're talking about with, with the, the <laughs> problem solving, right? It's like, okay, we've done this thing. It didn't go quite as planned. I don't think we gave people limitations. <laughs> you yeah. should have been like yeah. uh, two bags per person, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so that's interesting. So it, it sounds to me like whatever you thought of, you were like, okay, let me just figure out how to do it. So, yeah. so now you said you're a part-time entrepreneur um, and, and fun time specifically, what exactly is that? What piece of that is the, pu- what piece of the puzzle is that? Okay. So fun time is actually a party rental business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my partner in that is uh, Kevin Steed. And together we have been providing uh, fun castle rentals. Um, mm-hmm. Since maybe since ninety ninety five. A long time you guys been doing it. Oh, yeah. so y'all were like one of the first on the island then. Uh yeah, it was it was it was one or two other people here before us, and then um, um what happened? Um, matter of fact, it was some else because we actually bought a Sacramento castle, and his grandfather had a, a a little small a little small car a little small jeep. I'm sorry, a van, and uh, we ended up with these two castles, and we used to push these things every weekend. And we would tell people you can only rent it between these hours. So you had, so we were actually doing uh, uh, two rentals a day, and we were driving from Simon's to Houston, Georgia's man. In this little van with two big <laughs> blow-up castles. Two castles, and like you know, we'd go to a party in the morning, go back, break it down. Take it to another party in the afternoon, they'd go back in the evening, break it down, and we do the same thing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we did that. We did that for uh, maybe two years. Gotcha. And we were able to earn enough money that we bought another seven or eight castles. Okay. Yeah. Then you had to hire people then, Greg? Uh, at that time, we didn't. And so at that time, it was just us. I mean, wow. we, we hustled every weekend. So we'd take uh, our kids would come up with us, you know, because the novelty of it was great at the time. Our kids thought it was so awesome that they got to go to all these birthday parties. And get <laughs> that was Jump the in the bouncy right? castles. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and then as we expanded, as we expanded, because um, we were working with the uh, Corporation of Hamilton with the uh, Harbor Night scenarios. Okay. As we, as we expanded, um, we actually started to hire casual staff to work for us. Sure. And it got to a point where um, basically our staff were running, you know, Harbor Nights, and, you know, we didn't even have to be there. So, awesome. So you, when you start talking about growing your business, you know, that that was kind of what we did on, on that, that point. And, we, again, we were able to get get some people, some young people, yeah. you know, part-time hustles. So the, the, the one thing I want to talk to you about, and hopefully we can expound on it on, at the actual seminar, sure. it, and something that you mentioned in terms of how you grew, right? So initially yep. it was you and a partner, and mm-hmm. you lugged these, these castles, fun castles, back and forth. So at what point did you determine that it was necessary for you to hire people? Uh, like when, did, when did you have that conversation with your partner? Okay, so we, we, we looked at the situation and realized that, well, well two things. One, the two castles were, were, were becoming old. So, so uh, the, pers- the people that we would go into these parties to, obviously most people have, you know, one birthday party a year. Mm-hmm. So in the second year, people wanted to know, oh, what you got that's new? What you got that's new? There you like, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were like, well, we, we, we don't have any that's new. Uh, and so we had to really kind of think because when we first went into this, we, we, we had no plan. You mm-hmm. know, our, our thing was, yeah, man, everybody's having kids, everybody's having birthday parties, let's got to get a couple of these castles, make a little bit of change, and, you know, this will kind of help pay for our summer vacation. Right. That was that was it. Like, that was that was the reason behind it. And then um, and then as we looked at it, we said, you know what, this could be kind of powerful, man. You know, we could actually um, start bringing in a, a, a good bit of variety of castles mm-hmm. and, um, you know, start some, some business. At one point, we actually brought in a... A what they call the baby hippo, and it was 110 feet long, a, a water slide. Wow! And, and we worked with uh, BLDC to have it set up at Clearwater for mm-hmm. the summer. We actually had we actually had six staff that worked it for that summer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then after that summer, um, we took it up to Snorkel Park, worked a deal with Snorkel Park, and which worked out much better for us because that was a, a secure facility. Right. And um, and we had some staff running it then, and then I, and then once Snorkel Park got new management, you know that deal kind of fell through. Right. But you know, I mean, you are you're dropping all these gems, right? I know we don't have the whole you know thirty minutes to talk about it, which is why I'm hoping those who are listening tune in on um, March the 10th so we can yes. go into the details because. You know, when you're thinking about starting a business, of course, you need capital to get sure. started. And Absolutely. so, you know, how how did you determine where to get those funds from? Did you bootstrap your way or who who did you have to go to to try and get the support that you needed to get these businesses? Because we all know like started. renting a plane back in the day. Okay. Like, where did you come up with the down payment on that? You know, okay. so, so, so I, I'll give two quick stories. So with the plane idea, um, it was actually quite easy because. We just, I just made a few calls to a couple of different um, uh, charter companies to find out what it would cost to actually rent a plane. Basically, all we had, all we had to do after that was decide what the break-even number of passengers would be mm-hmm. um, to pay for that plane, but we had to also throw some carrots in it. So, you know, uh, making contact with the NBA to get um, group rates for tickets and the hotel information, we were able to provide um, these nice uh, packages. Right. This obviously including a, a, a lot of profit for us um, into the deal. And so all we had to do then was sell. 
And so that was that was that was a pretty straightforward one. So it was really no upfront cash out of just you just cash flow yeah. is what you used, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No there's no cash flow issues for us. Now with the with the fun castle business, you know, we were we were actually presented with the with with the idea to buy this one castle from uh, from a friend of ours. He told us what the price was. It wasn't that expensive and so we were able to finance that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what we did, we decided that, you know, as we're running this business, obviously you know, we want to spend the money, but obviously um, we need to um, put us uh, pushing aside uh, to save. To uh, invest to back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back into the business and then a portion that we would just use um, uh, for ourselves. And so that's how we were able to um, generate enough um, um, of um, a resource to be able to um, purchase the additional castles. And then, of course, the rentals then pay for pay for them and pay for itself. So, I mean, like I said, you're dropping all these gems, right? I'm trying to catch them. I'm like, wait, I feel like a juggler over here. Um, <laughs> but, but, so the things that you you have did, right? You talked mm-hmm. about break even. You talked sure. about um, putting in profit for yourself. You're talking about making sure you have enough money to to run the operation, and then using some of those funds to purchase. Uh, new new product new equipment and, and stuff and equipment right yeah. all of these are like paramount to being able to successfully run a business and sometimes people skip those steps mm. so my question to you is how did you figure this out was it just trial and error you learned you know from failing or what was it did you was there a resource or resources that you used to tr- to to understand that this is this is what you need to do to run a, a successful business so it's a mixture of a few things. Uh, I, I, I'm not a big uh, reader, like um, uh, novels and that sort of stuff, mm. but I was always a reader of self-help type books. Gotcha. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So I've, I, got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of knowledge in reading you know, certain business books or um, people's own success stories, and I would, you know, I would, steal, the, I would steal that information. Mm. Uh, and so one of the things that I learned very early was that failure is basically just practicing to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you always had to be prepared to fail. Like, I was never scared to fail at anything because at the end of the day, I knew that at some point, if I kept failing, I would get it. Right. Right? Like, uh, you know, my, my kids, they get upset because they don't get something the first time. Um, but I say to them all the time, like, you know, you get nothing from getting it right away. Like, right. Actually, you know, you're going through the process of, you know, getting your feelings hurt, you know, mm. What 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 moved you, Shelly, uh, Just going back real 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 quick to the, to back in the day. Sure. I remember I remember being at Disco Forty, right? Mm-hmm. It was a you guy. are certainly dating yourself, sir. I'm dating myself, <laughs> but I'm going back. This story, but this story is so true, and it and it's kind of it's kind of helped me over the years. I watched a guy, right, uh, walk up to ask a girl to dance. She was there with maybe six or seven other girls. Mm-hmm. The girl told him no. The guy went to the next girl. She told him no. I watched this guy walk through all of them. <laughs> and, of course, they all could see what he was doing, and they all told him no. Yeah. And at the end, when he finished, and the last girl told him no, he went on the dance floor and danced by himself, and he was the happiest guy in the club. <laughs> and, you know, people were kind of laughing at him, but I looked at him and said, man, this guy's got courage. Yes, he does. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I one know. of them could have said, yeah, right? And I, <laughs> if you don't ask, you don't know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. I always say closed mouths don't get fed, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I mean, you're saying all the right things, I swear, talking about courage and all of that, because it takes courage to start your own business and to feel confident that you're going to be able to to 
support yourself and your family, right? Like yeah. it, it, it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. And then you talk about failure. I think that's a bad word in some cases. And I know in Bermuda for as long as I've been here, it's almost you're penalized for failing, right? And yeah. so you have to have some different type of consistency or some tip, different type of makeup in order to do what that guy did at the club. Resilience. Which is just to hey, keep going, mm-hmm. you know, to keep going um, in the face of being labeled a failure if mm-hmm. if you will um sure. and and even to be able to 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 give yourself another opportunity to succeed like you said failure is just practicing for success i love that by the way yeah, yeah. um um Keep so yeah i i mean i think i think those are some some key points so i know i'm looking at the time we have about 5 more minutes but sure. if there was Tell me three things that you like about being a business owner, because even though you have your your full time job, which I'm sure you could just do that, you know, sure. and be fine. But yeah. you obviously are some sort of serial entrepreneur, so you can never let that go. Why? What What are three things that keep you um, on that entrepreneurial path? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, I think I think the challenge. Yeah, I, I like the idea of challenging myself um, to, to, if I say I'm going to do something, to be able to make it happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also like the idea of, and, and I, don't, I don't want this to come across wrong, I like the idea of being in control. Yeah. Yeah, in, uh, control of the, you know, of how, of how things w- are working. And it also gives me uh, uh, an idea to be as creative as possible. And, like, I, 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 I can... I can dream as big as I want, you mm. know, in my own scenario versus the limitations that may be put on me in, you know, a job. Right. Yeah. And the so, joy factor, Craig. I know that's a big part of it because yeah, yeah, we sure I, had some fun with some of those shows and stuff. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Oh, I even forgot about my, 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 uh, my Bermuda Magic Days. Your Magic Days? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not a magician. I was not a magician. No, but they produce some of the best shows here on the island, and it's understanding the whole procedure. I mean, everything from marketing and which do you use that was sort of pre-social media. So Mm -hmm. him and his partners really had great ideas about mailing out postcards with all the sponsors on the back of the postcard, and that's a way of adding value for asking people to give you money. And Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was really, really well-organized, well-thought-of when when Bermuda Magic was happening. Absolutely. Shout-out to OB while we're here, right, Craig? Actually, just had a birthday yesterday. I knew it was coming up, and I need to call him. Shout out to O'Brien. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Marshall. Marshall, I mean, he was the kind yes. of bring shout out with all happening. Marshall. Yeah, when the, the three of yeah. you, when it first started, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I am just really excited. Like, I, I, you know how you say 20 questions? Well, I did give him 20 questions, y'all, to answer, and I knew we weren't going to get through all of them, but certainly I hope for those of you who are listening, you get a sense of the the breadth and wealth of of the experience that Craig has to offer, and then he's going to be accompanied by our deputy chairman, who's Chris Mabry, Mm -hmm. and is a, um, a successful entrepreneur in his own right. Um, doing big deals. I swear, I always tease him. I'm, I'm like, where in the world is Chris? Like, where in the world is Waldo? Because yes. he's always on some um, wonderful adventure somewhere, but he has gladly agreed to to come and participate in this webinar on March the 10th. That's Wednesday, um, two weeks away from today. And it's um, 1230 to 2. 
Okay. And so this is a great opportunity for those who are interested in starting a business or who have a business and want to grow. Mm-hmm. I think Craig shared with us some great examples of what it takes. It Sometimes it don't always work, mm-hmm. but um, you learn from those lessons. And so I definitely want to encourage those who are listening to register to attend this. It is free. You don't have okay. to pay any money. Is it on our, on BEDC It's site? on our website. Okay. Yep. BEDC.BM. You can log on and it's starting and growing your business. So Craig, before I let you go, what, what would you say to someone who is considering entrepreneurship, but they're on the fence? They're not sure. Oh, it's real simple. My grandfather told me this before he died back in 1990. He said, my brother, there are millions of billion dollar ideas in the graveyard. And so, you know, if you have an idea, you need to act. You need to move. Ask for what you want is a big thing too, right, Craig? Because you had to ask people for stuff and figure out how to do things. And if someone tells you, I don't know, then you ask someone else that does know, right? It's true. You got to speak up for yourself. Sure. And yeah. one of the things that I heard you mention a lot that we didn't have time to talk about, that, but that we will talk about on um, March the 10th, is how valuable or invaluable partnerships are. Because sure. oh, every, yeah. everything that you yeah. said it from the very first business, it sounded like you utilized a partner to get you to where you needed to be. So Absolutely. I really want to explore that with you a little bit more on March 10th. Yeah, funny enough, uh, funny enough, uh, uh, my my daughter is an entrepreneur, started in a photography business. Well, why, why, what else would she do? I mean, <laughs> with you as a father. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, you know, even though I try to offer her, you know, as much advice as possible, you know, she is uh, very strong-willed, and, but she's starting to understand the value of relationships. Mm. Starting to understand the value of building and keeping good relationships as it relates to your business. Yep. And, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I'm happy that she's, uh, she's, she's taking on. Well, th- that's great. So we're going to explore that because I think especially now more than ever, relationships are key. People mm-hmm. always say it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's and who that knows you. So ch- <laughs> and that yeah. too. It mm-hmm. really is. It really, really is. Um, so thank you so much, Craig, for being here with us today. I appreciate all the little gems of wisdom you have dropped on us this afternoon. And okay. I look forward to getting more on March 10th um, at this Lunch and Learn. Okay. Awesome. Look forward to it. All right. Take care and thanks. Good talking to you, Craig. Take care. Yep, that's going to be a good one, and yes, it's going to yes. be entertaining, as you heard. We could just sit and, and let Craig hold court. This is what I'm telling you. We really you. could for hours. <laughs> and and I think the thing that rung through so much for me, I met Craig, like he said, through Bermuda Magic back in the day, uh, 90s days, and um, there was always about camaraderie. was mm. just so huge, mm-hmm. the group of people that were involved in there, as he mentioned, O'Brien Marshall, a few others. You know, the wives yes. get a whole lot of credit. And it was just commitment to it and, and, and um, putting a smile on people's faces. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, and then he said, get paid to do it. That's that's just You're the, winning, the right? gravy, man, you for real. You are winning. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about it. I'm hoping that those of you who are listening are as excited. And we encourage you to log on to our website to register. Um, it is going to be online. So it doesn't matter how many of you. And it is free. So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that. Um, but definitely, I think it's going to be a great conversation, like you said. Shelley. Sure. BEDC.BM, folks. Don't forget, if you don't mind your business. Who will? Thank you for listening to Mind Your Business with BEDC. Bermuda Business starts here.
Chillin' on the Beach with Bermuda's number one hit music station. Ocean 89. Lover. He's not a cheater, a believer 